Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em fam. You're in for a real treat. Uncle Johnny and I sat down with Lynn Hill, and well, she delivered. We had a great time talking about her path, her quick absorption of the game, and we shed some light on women's rugby here in Denver. Enjoy. Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. Yellow. I'm BT, here with two amazing creatures in the studio. We got my co-host, Uncle Johnny. Howdy. And Lynn Hill, our guest today. Hey. (laughs) Thanks for coming by. Of course. Thanks for having me. We heard from Kim Jordan that you were the person to interview. Thanks, Kim Jordan. Yeah. We follow the hot tips, and here we are. (laughs) So why don't you tell our many, many, many listeners. Dozens of listeners. Dozens of fans. Yeah, more than one dozen. (laughs) When did you start playing rugby? When was the first time you got the ball in your hands and just felt that feeling? Yeah, so my journey started back in 2015. Um, One of my coworkers had just retired from Black Ice, and I was fresh out of college and played a sport since I was five and was looking for something to do. And she said rugby, and I said hell no. And about a month later, she got me out to a game just to watch, and I got on the email list, went to practice, been playing with Black Eyes since. So, what was your sporting history throughout your life? Like, what was your go-to sport? Soccer was kind of always my number one sport. It was my first love for sure, and I was a diver in high school as well as soccer. Nice. And then in college, I was on the rowing team. Wait, so let me hear this. On the soccer pitch, you were a diver, as in. A flopper? <laughs> no, that's men's soccer. Okay. Not to yeah, say yeah, women's. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a good dis- distinction. No, in the pool. It's important. But yes, like in diving, the pool, okay, on a springboard. So that's, that's a really interesting combination. <laughs> diving is kind of like, you know, water gymnastics. Yeah, essentially. Really, um, you know, really nimble. And rowing, wow, yeah, that's a hell of a sport too. It is a hell of a sport. It was pretty terrible, but I also was the coxswain, so I sat there most of the time. Love it. But uh, we still had to be up at 5 a.m. for practice, but most of the time I sat in the boat. Facilitator. Yeah. yeah. I, I yelled at a lot of people. Barking orders. That Literally. Probably, that probably translated. So, yeah. I did. I had helps. to get a surgery for it, though. Your throat? Yeah. I got nodes on my vocal cords. Have you seen Pitch Perfect? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Not the second, but the first. The first. That happened what? to me. Mm-hmm. You blew like your Adele, vocal cords Justin out? Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's rough. So yeah, that's a lot of barking. A lot of barking. And and yeah, she's back. Listen to this amazing voice. Wow. Yeah. Anything yeah. can be voice rehab. of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. And uh, you know, translates into barking orders on the rugby pitch, being like a captain and and kind of the pivotal positions nine ten especially. Um, yeah. So is that where you awesome. ended up landing position wise? Yeah, it is. Uh, my first game ever, I was actually at. Outside center. Whoa. Um, I had no idea. And they, should, they just told me to fall around inside center. And um, I really only showed up for like the last month of the spring season and then went straight into sevens where they kind of put me into that sweeper position and it kind of developed into scrum half. And then the last couple of seasons, it's been fly half. So how do you compare? Uh, so playing 15s for Denver Black Ice, shout out. Um, how do you compare the differences like playing nine and 10? Uh, obviously... Very interconnected, but very. What do you like better? Yeah, what do you like better? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, my my heart is with scrum half, just because I love being able to be there and getting the ball from the base, and I put a lot of work in my scrum half pass. 
my first couple of seasons. Um, but I like fly half because I feel like I can get a little more control on the ball, and I love a pin and pass, and um, I think I just get I can do a little bit more there. Yeah, yeah, more team. more creativity. You're very involved in in both positions. Those are those are good ones. When I had the pleasure of coaching you, like definitely you picked up the sport faster than anybody that I've seen. Just how quickly you just got it and uh, dug in and were able to kind of contribute and, and, you know, learning on the fly. So what do you kind of attribute how quickly you picked up the sport? Like your previous sporting background, your, um, your intellect? Are you just a fast learner? Um, maybe, perhaps. Um, I think the big part, though, is I was – Surrounded by some pretty incredible people when I first started playing rugby. So John Mooney, he was the coach when I first started playing with Black Eyes. And I think I just really resonated with the way that he described things and broke things down. And the way he did it just made sense to me. Yeah. Um, I was also fortunate enough to be uh, surrounded with some really awesome scrum halves that taught me a lot of things. So Leanne Lamb and Jenny Liu yeah. were both here for playing for Glendale. And I met them through the Summer Sevens program, and then when we went into the fall season, I would go and do skills with them for an hour before practice, and then go to practice. So um, I just learned a lot of skills and just kind of the gameplay from them. And so I think it was really just the people I was around. Yeah, that's some great tutelage to be around. Yeah. And, and if you're doing the work too, I mean, that's a. I I was gonna ask, what do you recommend to new players? You know, to to help. Uh, speed up the learning curve or Excellent. flatten flatten the learning curve so to speak <laughs> uh, but it sounds like that's kind of what you would recommend put in the work get mm-hmm. some good mentors um, probably so, the humbleness right like mm-hmm. I, I see new players traditionally take two routes especially if they are athletic and they come from a background there's the route of okay I kind of get the rules but don't breathe down my neck and overcoach me and tell me how to do everything and that's fine like if you can still deliver and run hard and strike hard then you don't need to be overcoached. But then there's the person who's like a sponge, who's like, I want to know everything. Tell me it all. I'll watch the game film. I'll come and take the extra reps. And open-minded people traditionally learn faster. Uh, That's not to say that the cocky athlete who crosses over to rugby, like, we still want you. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Still keep coming. Play for black guys. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, in my experience, like, coaching women's rugby, you know, just – such a joy i i noticed the difference between coaching men and women uh and this is a gross generalization but um you know the the female teams i've coached were just way more willing to learn and way less like you know bro cocky like i mean again that's a that's a generalization it's obviously a stereotype but a stereotype for a reason like it's just a joy to coach people that are really like want to learn and like are are those sponge type instead of just like muscling it through or using athleticism. But it's nice if you have both, like athleticism and your sponge. It's an interesting balance though because it's like I've also seen new people who were de- will definitely be really good but then have zero faith in themselves. And so if you mm-hmm. tell them anything, they just shut down. So it's a combination of like having confidence in your athletic ability but also being so humbled by who you're around and what they're able to do. Uh, that you just want to be like them and you want to just again you're a sponge you want to absorb it all so you have to have confidence but you also have to be able to sit down and put your head down and do the work yeah and trust your your uh your coaching another shout out john mooney great coach yeah. miss you bud um let's talk about that quick transition you did coming into the game because i have seen a lot of players 
go from 15s to 7s and get exposed, right? Mm -hmm. They can't make the pass quick enough. They can't track in defense. Did you feel like you were over your head in sevens? Because, like, let's admit, it's easy to get lost on a 15th field. Not if you're a halfback, but if you're a forward or just, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a lazy back. But sevens, there is absolutely nowhere to hide. Mm -hmm. Did you feel, like, pressure as a new player getting thrown out into the sevens field and having to throw 10-meter, 15-meter passes and tackle people that might be twice your size? Um, actually, no. I, I think sevens is the reason I picked it up so quick is I was, uh, um, I had to do it all. Otherwise, I would get my ass kicked. Um, again, I put a ton of work in in the beginning for my pass because I just like hate being the worst on the field. Yes. And so I had about a month in that 15 season to work on my pass and I just did that and actually I was able to pick up on a pretty decent pass relatively soon. So I think the, yeah. the hardest part was definitely the tackling. I think the tracking was okay because I got that from soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really allowed me to use the skills that I was learning. I was able to apply them pretty quickly, which I think is unique to sevens and fifteens as a back is that what you learn in sevens is pretty much the same in fifteens. But I think if you're a forward, it's a little bit different. But no, I think I benefited from going straight into a seven season yeah. and getting the, getting the reps in. And it's more reps because it's you could double the reps, and so it was good for me. Yeah, and what was it like, you know, and uh, playing sevens in Denver? Yeah, it's kind of a mixed squad. A lot of uh, Glendale uh, players, of course, but um, kind of mixing it up. Uh, it's always, you know, kind of a hodgepodge, and maybe, maybe even some people coming in from college sides or mm-hmm. from elsewhere uh, to play. So, what was that kind of dynamic like? It was great. Um, I think it really expanded my the rugby community right off the bat. And that's something that people talk about all the time is how large the community is. But I was really exposed to it, again, really fast and in large quantities because Black Ice usually has about 30 to 40 people come in every, every practice. And then getting another bunch of 30 to 40 people that are just, they were really welcoming. I just, uh, I was really fortunate meeting so many people from Glendale, from the college teams, from wherever. Yeah, and it's cool to play with, you know. You get exposed to different playing styles, too. Absolutely. And different skill levels. What jersey does the women's play under in sevens? Is it the Rocky Mountain sevens team? So for the first two years I was there, it was technically Rocky Mountain sevens, and we just played in Glendale jerseys. Um, But for the last season, uh, actually my friends uh, Nicole Wanamaker and Allie Hale started uh, Rocky Mountain sevens. So it's that now it's an official Rocky Mountain team, which is super awesome. I saw them at nationals down yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I remember the jersey kind of bouncing around because one summer you just played as Black Ice as mm-hmm. well. Or as Glen, one was one summer was Glendale. One like there was the Rocky Mountain Squids era. Yeah. It's the same the Squids. squids. Were, yeah, the Squids were my favorites. Uh, <laughs> that's when you were around, wasn't it? That's when I was coaching. That's yeah. also why I was favorite. But like, <laughs> rugby yeah, fans, let's not forget Johnny Warner has a history of coaching sevens. He has a resume. <laughs> A very short and sweet <laughs> resume, but it was sweet. But we had Those sweet tanks. Sweet bro tanks. The best bro tanks in yeah. the biz. So, Lynn, you play, obviously, and you come into the game like a meteor on fire. Mm-hmm. But you do a lot behind the scenes as well. I do. Some would call you a rugby chimera. Yes. I Tell do. us about your other responsibilities <laughs> outside um, of being a player. Um, yeah, so pretty much after my first season, I got lightly, no, pretty hardly pushed into the board as the match secretary. Uh, Alice Plant, she was actually the captain at the time. She's an incredible player as well. A boot. A boot. Um, she 
put me on the board essentially as a match tech, and I've been doing that ever since, so probably four years now. Um, this last year, a year and a half, I've been the captain for the team, and in that time, we've also not had a coach, so I've also been kind of coaching a little bit. Um, we've kind of had some board transitions, and so I've picked up a couple other roles on the board too, so do yeah. a little bit of everything. Wow. And sometimes I'm the athletic trainer on the field at practice because we don't have one because I have a history in sports medicine, so uh, really good at taping ankles. I also do that. Another uh, head for the chimeric another beast. Another head, yes. Keep adding them. <laughs> it asks a lot of you. But somebody has to do it. We talk about this all the time on Rugby Pick and people throwing their hand up and doing the jobs that no one wants to do, the jobs that make club rugby move ahead. So we salute you. It's been fun. Make yeah. good connections that way. It's, sometimes it's overwhelming, but at the end of the day, I do it to myself. I don't have to say yes, yeah. but I still choose to do so. And It's kind of professional experience too. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and if you're on a board – uh, you know, this is a you know volunteer board. If you have, don't you find like if you just have some good people around you on the board, mm -hmm. it just make you're gonna have work to do. So yeah. if, as long as you know that you got people with you doing their work, it just makes it so much, so much easier to yeah. just plug in and do it. One thousand percent. You mentioned your throat surgery yes. from all your screaming, yes. both as a rowing coxswain mm -hmm. and as a scrum half, but. Um, some other devastating injuries in, in your short history. Walk us through it because we, we love the good and the bad. <laughs> yeah, I've, it's quite the list. Um, let's see. I first dislocated my shoulder probably back in like 2015, 2016. Uh, tried to rehab it myself and just ended up having chronic subluxation. So I had a shoulder surgery for my labrum on my left shoulder. Uh, recovered pretty well from that one. Came back about four months after for my first game. Um, the following summer, I dislocated my patella, which also ended up tearing my ACL, LCL, MCL, and lateral meniscus. So, oh. I, did, so I had a knee surgery. It's pretty much tore everything but my medial oh. meniscus. Um, so I was out for about eight months on that one. Um, I, was, I did that trying to jump over one of my teammates so I didn't step on her. So the lesson from that is step on your teammates. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the year following that, uh, tore my labrum again. Same one. Same one. And just recently had that sur surgery again. Um, pretty much my entire labrum was torn, all but like 10% of it. So um, there's a chance I'm going to need another one just because of where the repair happened is that it's just uh, likely to tear again regardless of what I do. So there's potentially another one, but hopefully not. So you got experience with sports medicine and does that make it do you think it makes it easier harder just different to recover because you just I mean you know what you're dealing with at least mm -hmm. um and you kind of know how to rehab but as as you know um and as we've experienced you know it doesn't mean you can really do the same type of physical therapy on yourself as just like if you have an athletic trainer you're gonna work a lot harder <laughs> with your trainer than uh, you are by yourself. You're just gonna get more out of you. So you know the value of, you know, a good physical therapist. Mm -hmm. So does it make it easier to recover? Uh, I said to make it, it would both. Yes, it made it easier, but also made it harder. Um, it made it easier because I, again, I knew what to do. I didn't have the best physical therapist actually. Uh, I have Kaiser and so not great for orthopedics, but I was able to give myself the exercises I needed and I had access to a lot of great uh, practitioners to help me along the way but it's harder because um if someone was like are you sure you're okay i'm like yeah i know what i'm doing i'm good <laughs> even if it probably wasn't right. so 
you can convince yourself. Yeah. You probably take on too much of a role as like the head rehabber. Yeah. Where it should be in someone else's hands, yeah. but you're like, no, I got this. Yeah. I know how to do this. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, I guess, to get yourself better. Yeah. So talk about what you do for work. What you, What's your career? Yeah. So I own my own business. It's called Synergistic Movement. Shout out. Um, I, it's basic, I'm basically a sports injury specialist. I have a variety of different tools in my tool belt. Um, I'm a fascial stretch therapist, which just is like a deep, deep stretch of your of joint capsule in the fascia. I do this thing called the locked method where I use my feet uh, to apply weight and then move that person through a range of motion, help release. I do fire cupping. I do muscle activation techniques. Um, so I use any, any assortment of those to address chronic and acute injuries. We'll throw a link in the show notes to synergistic movement. That's, that stuff's all fascinating to me, just having, you know, been an athlete for pretty much my whole life and you know you you're gonna have some dings and injuries some bigger than others and um just the maintenance and the value of that is is huge so um you have you worked with in in this position or elsewhere have you worked with like primarily athletes obviously but like any elite athletes um any like professional sports personalities Um, my old job, we worked with the Denver Broncos a lot, so I had quite a few of them come through. Um, I, actually, my very first client ever uh, was Jill Potter. Oh, nice. Yeah, from the USC before I even knew how important rugby would be in my life. Whoa. Um, so that was kind of a cool That's kind of connection awesome. there, but whoa. yeah, whoa. Whoa, Jillian <laughs> Potter. <laughs> um, I've had Sarah Shabbat on my table, um, but yeah, I was... Did you, for Shabbat, do you just use duct tape and chicken wire? Essentially, yeah. A little bit more, like, heavy-duty stuff, but yeah, same idea. <laughs> you have, like, a can of chew on, like, on the table for her. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. My, uh, my Sarah Shabbat uh, So any, any, uh, any favorite celebrity uh, pr- professional personalities that, any other people that you love that were just, like, goofy, you wouldn't know? That uh, they were so like, yeah. Personal. I don't really know. I I really mainly worked with the football athletes, and to be honest, sorry to the football players, they were not my favorite. Um, they're NFL, and they obviously make a lot of money and have a lot of fame, and they kind of came in a little bit stuck up sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I can and imagine. like just don't really talk to you. But some of them are super awesome. So yeah. Um, but those are the majority of the athletes that came through. Um, but my favorites are really truly like the rugby players or yeah. the. The athletes a little bit lower status, uh, just because they're better, like chill humans. One of the bros. Yeah, one of the bros, and they'll just they'll just hang and banter with you. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some mutual respect there. How passionate are you about the women's Eagles team? Do you watch the games religiously? Have you gone to test matches? Considering you're new to rugby, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Only one World Cup cycle, Only Johnny. one World Cup cycle. Think of how much potential we got in this one. <laughs> um, I do really enjoy watching them. I definitely prefer watching uh, women's rugby just because it's more applicable to me. Um, I did go to the game at Soldier Field that when they had a tri- the triple header. Right. So I was able to see that. Um, R.I.P. Rugby Weekend. Yes, R.I.P. The well, best it'll weekend. come back. It'll it better. Back. It better. Yeah, I've Fantastic. actually been to two of them in my in my years. I got... Peer pressure did another one of those. I'm glad I did. <laughs> it's so fun. It's kind of the, I think it's a running theme of yeah. being peer pressure to go do things. And <laughs> the answer is yes. Maybe they can find a better matchup for the men's than the All Blacks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps there's a middle ground. In that. <laughs> Perhaps yes. Um, but yeah, no, I do watch the Eagles. I like to watch a lot of their test matches. 
Um, I wish there was a bit of a better streaming site for that. For sure. Um, that's just kind of a tough thing to be able to not get clear streaming of it. R.I.P. the rugby channel. But, but it might that's be actually best. yeah, so sensitive <laughs> spot for USA Rugby. Yeah. But I've got I a mean, few of them on my table as well. So like Abby Cantorno comes in some, nice. quite a few t- quite a few times. And so I definitely enjoy it because I get to know a lot of them just from them coming through Glendale and stuff. So. Yeah. And you, you watch a lot of rugby. I do. Would you say student of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what competition do you like to watch? Like who's, which country are you watching when you're watching rugby? It sucks to be a cliche, but New Zealand. Yeah. Um, it's just like they, it's, they're just really good at it. And it's really fun and creative. And um, I watch a lot of the men's and women's down there. So super rugby, it's super easy. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of the H- all of the HSBC sevens just because it's so many games and such good talent. Yeah. Um, obviously, with the World Cup, Japan was so fun to watch in Scotland, and I, I remember that Japan Scotland game was super fun. Oh um, but I really just kind of watch whatever I can. I think the only things I have are was the ESPN Plus. Yeah. So it's pretty much all Super Rugby and um, a lot of the stuff in Europe. So. Who whom do you try to emulate, or whom do you respect? Like their appreciate their style of play. Um, I love watching Kelly Brazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just is just so shifty and so smart, and yeah. she has so many tools in her tool belt that hopefully one day I can get a foot like her, decision making a step. Um, so she's super fun to watch. I really like Sarah Goss. I guess Sarah Hirani now. Um, but for those probably the top two women's players I like to watch, and then it's again I hate to be a cliche, but Bowden Barrett and Damian McKenzie are fun to watch for me. Oh my gosh. So so spicy. They yeah. glide. Yeah. Well, Bodie glides. Damo is a little joystick out there. Yeah. <laughs> they call him the hot step. Or, or luck. Yeah, it's it's so great to like give people shout outs on the show because that's what we're all about. It's like rugby people deserve to hear, hear their name called more considering how much players put into it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, we play a game called Top 3 on mm. the show where you got to pick three of the people you've played with to win you one game. Oh, it's such an impossible question because I've uh-huh. played with so many. Um, uh, Mouth, she played with me with Black Eyes Molly Molly Quinn. Uh, they call her Mouth, and if you met her, you'd know why. Uh, she's just an incredible player, kind of all around. She can prop, she can lock, she's mobile. She can, she's got a pass, she can tackle. She's kind of got it all. Um, so definitely, definitely Mouth. Um, Blaine Martin. She now plays with Tacoma. Um, she's just an incredible utility player. She can jump in a line out. She can kick. She can. She's fast as shit. She uh, is just a phenomenal player to play with. And then probably Leanne Lamb with Glendale. She, I think, I attribute a lot of my skill uh, to her. And I just, she's really fun to play with, and she's just so nice. Yeah, she's awesome. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the most efficient answer that I've heard on the show so far. So props to you. Thank you. <laughs> you got any questions for us? Oh. Uh, <laughs> who's the worst person you interviewed? Johnny and I would probably agree. It's sadly one of our regular co-hosts who won't <laughs> go named. Uh, but who's the worst specific person that we interviewed whose name was on the show? None of them. They're all great. Good answer. They're right? all amazing. Yeah, but, we handpick 
people we know the are going to be quality content. <laughs> the best. Yes. Do yes. you guys play together? Because you guys both play for the Barbos. Johnny and I had some amazing fleeting moments where we got in the same field together. And it was back in the PRP days where I was coming up and Johnny was getting closer to stepping away. Old man Johnny. Yeah, dude. We both tore our pack two weeks Damn. apart from each other. The yeah. same pack. Yeah, we're basically connected. We're scar We're connected by the yeah. scar. Yeah, I love it. it. I had a similar situation in Cincinnati with my buddy Richie Columbus, uh, where we're both kind of natural like open side flankers, but on the field together, we can play six and seven, where you just kind of switch out six and seven. Yeah. Like whoever's like freshest off the scrum mm. is like, hey, I'm taking the open side on this one. I love that. I'm after the ten. Like it's like okay, cool. This is your you're like. Because my pride would always want to play seven, but there's a play when you're gassed and you have to go blind or like blind is where you think you should be because right. you think it folds weak. Like you, you got to be able to do both. And to pinpoint and, and put anybody in a box of you're a six or a seven, I think is completely foolish. Like, well, unless you're at the higher level where you can yeah. you, you script, you know, the certain size requirements. But yeah, I was lucky to play. You know, I was just happy to have the six jersey a few times in the PRP matches with the Barbos. Actually, my first season with the Barbos, uh, I was coming off the bench. I remember being in San Francisco playing in Golden Gate. I was coming off the bench next to a uh, like nineteen, twenty year old Ben Pinkelman, and we were like, <laughs> "I was like, hey, yeah, yeah like, I'm like thirty six. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like cool." Cool, dude. I think this kid's pretty good. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. Lynn, what do you like most about rugby in Denver specifically? Ooh. I think it's really just the connections. Uh, there's just such a big community with so many teams. We've got, obviously, we've got Glendale. We've got Boulder. Boulder Babes are up there really close by. We used to play them every season. I know Colorado Springs is always trying to get a team going. But I think it's just the connections and Again, I was fortunate enough to be connected with them pretty early on in my season. Mm -hmm. So while we are technically rivals, I still have been able to make some pretty good friendships out of uh, players with Glendale. And while, again, the rivalry stays on the field, um, we're, I'm pretty good friends with a lot of them off the field. Yeah, I, I feel like between Black Ice and Glendale, like any rivalry with that type of history is not never going to be perfect. But I feel like they balance and have balanced that pretty well over the especially recent years. Yeah, when apparently when I joined it was pretty it was pretty rocky. Spicy. But uh this I'd is say the Rockies. it is, it is. But I'd say it's definitely gotten better and I think we're we're making uh we're making moves to make it a smooth transition between the two and really find some love for each other. Yeah, respect. That's yeah. uh what the rugby community's all about. It is you gotta give it to get it. <laughs> was there anybody who you played with who may have not been the biggest physical specimen or the fastest or the most athletic, but was just an amazing teammate. Yes. And there's so many of them again to pick one hmm. is a, cause that, that is an X factor in rugby. You it know it when you see it, right? It a is. teammate that just like looks after their own asks how people are doing, mm -hmm. you know, without being beckoned to and picks up the pads after practice, Good goes the extra person. mile, goes, sits on the board. Like, is there anybody in your mind who stands out as one of those people? It's kind of a hard, the answer that I have is hard because they're also a good player. <laughs> okay, um, there you go. <laughs> which, is, which is tricky, uh, but it's something that someone that's always kind of stood out is Julia Gatton. She is on the board right now. She used to be the president for Black Eyes for a little bit, but she 
kind of always goes out of her way to make the new, especially newbies, feel welcome. That's something that black guys pride themselves on is creating family and creating a welcoming community. And I think she was always kind of an integral part of that. There's also Amelia Cusick Lee. She is the recruiting chair and is so for a reason. She does an incredible job at it. So I'd probably say those are the people that kind of stand out where I just can always bank on them, asking people how they're doing and seeing if they need anything. Um, but yeah, probably those That's two. awesome. Good shout out to all the good club people out there keeping club rugby afloat. Yeah. That's it. Thank you so much, Lynn, Thank for coming you, Lynn. on. Yeah, of course. Uh, it was great me. to have you, and I can't wait to see you out on the pitch when yeah. things get back and get started. Um, but yeah, appreciate you coming on. Cheers. Cheers. Peck them. Peck them. Yeah, respect. That's uh, what the rugby community is all about. You got to give it to get it. <laughs>
boom, tucked it on her Devon shirt. He scoots up the staircase, and they're all like looking, and we're just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, woo. And so we, yeah, I have that game ball. Wow. We're going to have her on the show one day. That's essentially her giving you a yellow rose. Yeah. Yeah. I met her parents randomly in the stands that weekend and like told her about that. Yeah, we are heavily connected with the Oh, Nathan wow. Moss. I can't wait to hear that episode. She's such a stud. She'll come on. Yeah, make sure you get like at least four dozen people for that, for that one. Are you ready for the speed round? Ready. It's one of those. Yeah, dude. We both tore our pack two weeks yeah. apart from each other. The same pack. Yeah, we're basically connected. We're scarred. We're connected by the scar. Me and Johnny are going to go alternating questions. It's either this or that. You got two seconds to answer. Whoa. Doritos or Pringles? Pringles. Hot dog hamburger. Hamburger. Aladdin or Peter Pan? Never seen either. <gasps> what? Wine or whiskey? Whiskey. Athletic fullback or bulldozer prop? Athletic fullback. I'm a back. Ooh. Cow or pig? Cow. Rats or pigeons? Neither. You gotta pick. <laughs> rats? Oh, wow. Good choice. Controversial. Pigeons are just rats with wings. <laughs> True. Oh, no. I hate birds. I have like a weird fear of birds, so can't be a bird. No birds. They both suck, though. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. She's Dog, two. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Duh. Scotland or Wales? Wales. New Zealand or Australia? New Zealand. Blue pill or red pill? Blue. Beach vacation, mountain vacation. Beach. Beach. Gravel or pavement? Pavement. Grass or turf? Grass. Mustache or Fu Manchu? Mustache. Mexican food or Asian food? Asian. Duh. <laughs> rice noodles or rice? Rice. Mm. Mm. Interesting choice. I love both though, so. Sushi, salmon or tuna? Tuna. Mmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'm with her. Are you? Yeah. I'm a salmon guy. <laughs> Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick'em. All right, uh, I'm Lynn Hill here. Call the rugby pick'em voicemail line and leave a message for the guys. Call 720-259-8825. Harder. No, in the pool. It's important. Like yes, diving. Pool, okay, on a so that's, that's a really interesting combination. <laughs> diving is kind of like, you know, water gymnastics. Uh. Know your role. Take <clears throat> him!